I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF, February 17th, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, around 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs were stolen by a man in Britain after breaking into an industrial storage unit. Now, the thief was caught, and the $37,000 worth of Easter egg treats were recovered. Now, look, I understand. I got a sweet tooth myself, Jay. This is ridiculous. That's too many cream eggs. I have a question for you, though. Are you team cream eggs or are you team mini eggs? I'm team cream eggs, but now it makes me wonder if there's like a black market for Cadbury cream eggs that like maybe we could tap into. If you get like 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs on a steep discount, like is there benefit to that? Is that what you think we're looking at here? Well, I don't think this is true anymore, but there was a time when they would only sell cream eggs and mini eggs seasonally. So you had to buy them around Easter. And so perhaps in some parts of the world, that's still the case. There are some folks that have a craving for Cadbury cream eggs in February or in July and and this is servicing those needs. I would even watch a movie about how to unload 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs. I think that would be fascinating, but maybe my tastes are pretty niche, so maybe not. It's the cream egg caper. <laughs> I love it. But aside from what you or I would do with 200,000 black market Cadbury cream eggs, what do we have for Peak Dolls today? For our first story, appointing a New World Bank chief. For our second story, CPG prices are up. And for our last story, women's soccer team wants equality. For our first story, World Bank Chief David Malpass will step down after a year before his tenure ends, actually, giving the Biden administration a coveted opening to fill by June of next year. Brett, why is the World Bank such a big deal? So the World Bank is a key player in the global economy, strategically doling out loans to promote economic growth, including loaning $150 billion to support the world pandemic response, cajoling China into deeper international cooperation, pushing for debt relief for low-income countries, and funneling financial to Ukraine. Along with its twin institution, the International Monetary Fund, the bank forms the core of the new economic order set up by the Allies at the end of World War II. European leaders choose the director of the IMF and the U.S. picks the World Bank head. And to catch you up, the Trump administration had nominated Malpass to head the World Bank in 2019. And he mostly avoided controversy until last year when he enraged climate activists by suggesting that fossil fuels don't contribute to climate change. And a quick fact check, they they in fact do. Thanks for that fact check. The bank's boss has a lot of influence over where funding goes. Under Malpass, the bank mustered $32 billion for climate projects and $15 billion for fossil fuel projects. Now, next, Malpass's departure opens the door to someone with different priorities. The smart money has already settled on two potential nominees, U.S. Agency for International Development head Samantha Power and Rockefeller Foundation President Rajiv Shah. For a second story, a word of advice if you find yourself on the price is right in the near future. Do not, do not underestimate the price of packaged consumer goods. Jay, let me guess prices are up. Yeah, they're up. That's not the end of the story, but they are up. It looks like it, Brett. Nestle, the world's biggest food maker, saw its real internal growth, which is a measure of sales and consumer product choices, fall by 2.6% last quarter as the company raised prices by 10.1%, its steepest price hikes in a decade per the Financial Times. Now, to account for rising energy, raw materials, and labor costs at high prices with North and Latin America, seeing prices balloon more than any other region. The Swiss multinational owns over 2,000 
thousand brands and makes everything from Perrier sparkling water to Nespresso pods to get this fancy feast cat food. And here's why it matters. Consumer packaged goods are relatively price inelastic, meaning when prices go up, demand doesn't drastically change thanks in part to strong brand loyalty. But if Nestle continues to hike prices, it may help indicate when consumers eventually start trading down, forced by their pocketbooks to start picking no-name clones instead of brand favorites. While Nestle's annual revenue grew by about 17% year over year, a drop in growth is the first sign that inflation-fueled price hikes are taking a bite out of consumer demand. And in a bid to preserve profit margins, Nestle has started weeding out faltering brands. In Canada, Nestle announced it would no longer sell frozen foods at Rivadergi to Delicio of all brands, Jay. <laughs> that I like. That's really going to affect me. And to zoom out a bit, Zroop. Nestle was far from the only company riding the price hike train. All of your fave consumer goods conglomerates from PepsiCo to Unilever, which also reported a drop in consumers buying products last quarter, hopped on board like it was the latest TikTok trend. And for our third and final story this week, the Canadian women's national soccer team is playing the U.S. tonight in their first game in the She Believes Cup. However, their biggest matchup is happening off the pitch. Yeah, that's right, Jay. So driving the news, the Canadian women's national team, or the CWNT, are playing in the tournament despite being in the middle of a labor dispute with their governing body, Canada Soccer. Now, beyond a demand for pay equity with the men's team, the CWNT is asking for parity on things like the training staff size. In 2021, Canada Soccer spent $11 million on the men's program, more than double the $5.1 million invested in the women's program. This, despite the fact that women's team has historically been way, 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 way more successful. In fact, they've actually scored more than one World Cup goal in their lifetime. Jay. Last week, the team went on strike, saying they wouldn't play in the She Believes Cup unless their demands were met before relenting after Canada Soccer threatened legal action. However, if the issues aren't addressed, the team said it would skip training camp in April. And here's why it matters. Women athletes are reliant on national teams for income because of comparatively paltry league salaries. The U.S. women's national team secured pay equity last year, proving that it is possible, especially with the support of men's teams. The Canadian women have that advantage. In fact, the men have also butted heads with Canada Soccer. And to zoom out... The main argument against pay equity is that men's soccer brings in more viewers and revenue. Now, that's true. The Women's World Cup in 2019 only had 28% of the men's viewership in 2018, but it doesn't account for the underinvestment, inaccurate assessment, and exclusion from media that have put women at a disadvantage. Hey, pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business podcasting camp. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readpeak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a good weekend, Peak Pals. And let's hear it for Canadian women's soccer team. When you give me shock, when you give me shock,